All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Hunter podcast. I am here with my good friend, Colin. How are you, sir? I'm good, Travis. How are you today? I am doing great. It's uh, It's been a long time uh, coming, and I'm super, super excited to have you as a match director for an NRL Hunter match. No, thanks. I'm really excited about this. I, uh, I appreciate the extended offer to post one of these, and I've been really looking forward to it since we talked, uh, what was it, about October last year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I'm sorry, I kind of jumped the gun there a little bit, just because I'm so excited that that you're part of this. Um, but for those people out there that are, are new to, you know, um, new to who you are, you want to give them a quick bio of, of who you are, what you do, and kind of your background? Sure. Uh, I am a civil engineer by trade. I've been doing precision rifle shooting since about 2012, uh, 2011, early on. And so about a decade into this, and I started out doing a lot of the field style matches with competition dynamics. And then when the NRL started coming together with uh, matches, I started doing more of those, really got into doing that, having fun with it. Um, picked up a couple sponsors along the way and really has been focused on getting uh, better at the sport and really becoming a better marksman because of the events that I've been doing. Uh, I really enjoy the field style matches. And so having the opportunity to do the NRL Hunter series is, is really fantastic for me. <laughs> So if I now refresh my memory, if, if I recollect the first time you and I met was at a CD match. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Right. And um, well, quick little plug. If you guys don't know who competition dynamics, um, who they are, or what they do, go check them out on their website, competition dynamics. Um, I believe it's just competition dynamics.com. Um, they are like, the godfathers of field style matches, the style match. And then our hunter wouldn't be what it is today without, uh, without some of their, their positive influence and support. And it's one of the places I started off as well. So thank you guys uh, at competition dynamics and thank you for introducing us to new friends. Right, Colin. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. So 2011, you said you started shooting precision rifle. Yep. Whoa, I, I didn't realize it was that long ago that you started shooting, man. You look you you look like a baby now. You must have looked like a toddler then. I mean, what the heck? Yeah, I had uh, I had just gotten out of college and I started doing some three gun stuff, getting back into competition because I had grown up doing 4-H shooting sports. Uh, I took a hiatus through college, enjoyed recreational shooting, but then really came back to trying to find some more competition stuff. And I think my first big match was actually the Sniper's Hide Cup 2012, where okay. I got third from last. Uh, it happens. A, a mill reticle MOA scope. Nice. And in a 308. And then I came back the next year. <laughs> yeah. Came back the next year after learning a whole bunch, uh, researching a bunch on my own, and 
ended up winning top 308 at Sniper Side Cup 2014. Yeah, 14. And won a rifle and went way downhill from there. So. Nice. That's awesome. Now, okay. So you went from third, bottom third, or almost third last, whatever, to, to winning in a two-year time period? Uh, it, yeah. I mean, I took That's a huge. lot of a lot of research and reading articles online and practicing and learning ballistics. And this is before we had a bunch of fancy Kestrels and things like that. So I was doing it a little bit of the old fashioned way, going out and testing drop and writing down data, uh, coming back and cross-referencing that with like ballistics off of a computer and handwriting data cards. And to this day, I still handwrite data cards for every match i run hard data at every nrl match i've been to nice you guys can't see this because it's just audio but he's holding up data cards that look like they are written on papyrus paper or something and i think he just broke out an abacus <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome um so you're still kind of you're you're marrying new school and old school together and, and kind of attacking it that way then huh a little bit. Um, I've been delving into using some more of the technology stuff lately. I got myself one of the really nice Garmin AB watches and playing with that. Um, I, I bought that on my own to see how it worked and I really like it so far. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be game changing when I'm in the field trying to do one, one shot items. Uh, because you can literally arrange it and have data right there without having to do anything else. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Now you're also what I would consider an avid hunter. I, I mean, I don't know if you consider yourself an avid hunter, but I consider you an avid hunter. Um, how did you get into hunting? Were you hunting before precision rifle? Was it uh, something that just recently started for you or, or what's the backstory there? Yeah, I've been hunting uh, my entire life. I mean, we grew up eating wild game and that was how we were fed. So I, I've been hunting with my grandparents and my parents since we were young. Um, my, my parents have always been avid hunters and passed that on to me. I try and feed my family with wild game more than we eat beef. And uh, it, it's really part of part of living in Wyoming, I think, being able to sustainably feed yourself on some of that stuff. And so I go out every year and take an antelope and I haven't been doing much mule deer hunting lately, but I go elk hunt and I enjoy being in the mountains and things like that. So it's just fitting and part of, part of what I've grown up doing. That's awesome. I, it's, um, it's crazy because I've been to Wyoming a handful of times, and I remember I flew in. I, I you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, please. I think I flew into Cody. Does Cody have an airport? Yep. Okay, so I, I believe I flew into Cody to go film a hunt, and they were literally antelope on the tarmac at the airport. I mean, it, it right. is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things that we're known for here in Wyoming is having more antelope than people. And 
with about 600,000 people and 800,000 antelope in the state, I think that's absolutely correct. So, <laughs> I mean, Wyoming is, is a destination spot for antelope hunting, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons you just said, um, but you also hunt mule deer and elk out there as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've hunted the big three uh, game animals we have here in the state, the being elk, mule deer, and, antel or, and uh, antelope. And then I've been around, I mean, I've got friends that do a lot of sheep hunting, a couple that have taken goats. Um, we have a lot of really good hunting opportunities throughout the state. And the the game and fish, um, our state agency has actually done a pretty good job of maintaining opportunities for everybody to be able to go out and hunt. So that's cool. I'm um like I said, I had filmed hunts in Wyoming before. And I think this year, uh, Josh Clough uh, over at HS Precision, I think he and I are going to try to do an antelope hunt in Wyoming. Nice. So I, I'm super excited. I uh, I might have the opportunity to do that. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that, that that'll happen. Yeah, that sounds like an exciting time. So, all right. So let's get to the meat and potatoes here. People want to know about your match. Your match is like... It's like the hotness of the hotness right now. Everyone's talking about it. Um, you're constantly, you told me the other night, you're constantly getting phone calls about the match. Uh, we're getting emails about the match, about details and, and so on and so forth. Let's just stop answering these phone calls and emails and let's just tell them straight what it is here. So what can people expect when they come to your match, being that you're a first time match director, you're a seasoned competition dynamics competitor, you're a NRL hunter champion already. You've already won a match. Um, you're a hunter. You're creative as hell. Um, I don't know if I'm using the right words, but I would consider you like, like the, an ultimate type of outdoorsman, right? Like, I think I could drop you off anywhere in the country and you'd be fine, except maybe in the city. <laughs> yeah i'm not so big on the concrete jungle but about anywhere else uh i, I feel more at home so so um, what can people expect bro <laughs> no i'm i'm really excited about this um laramie offers a really unique opportunity in that we are a high plains and so the match venue that we've got available is in the foothills literally 15 minutes outside of Laramie. So super easy to get to and from. Um, but it is your typical Wyoming sagebrush grassland. Uh, we've got some cool canyons that we're gonna be shooting down and across. Uh, Wyoming's known for being a little bit windy and I can promise you that it'll have some wind. Yes. And, I can promise you that you won't be able to use wind call from stage two to stage three to stage four. None of those will be the same. Uh, and it, it'll be definitely very different from a lot of the other venues because being a high desert and a big open sage plain, we don't have any trees. I can count on one hand the number of trees that you will see on the range. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking wide open. Wide open. And we've got some really cool uh, 
limestone rocks that we're going to be shooting from. I've put a couple teasers on my Instagram story and stuff showing rock piles that we get to shoot off of. And, and this is all natural terrain. I haven't, I haven't moved anything. I haven't put anything up. Uh, it's all going to be natural terrain and dealing with the wind. Uh, one of the big things that I know people are going to struggle with because sagebrush and steel are pretty much the same color is finding targets. Yes. Um, another challenge that you might have is ranging targets because it is very deceptive out here. If you look out across the plain, you'll see a target stand out there and it might look like it's 200 yards and it's 700. That's wicked. Can, that's, that's me. Yeah. Okay. So what, how do you do that then? It's really just a lot of practice in, in managing how you look across a, a field like that uh, with some of the, the undulations and terrain that we've got, you might have a ridge line and it looks like something's right behind that ridge line, but it's, it's three, 400 yards past it. And so really the best way to deal with that is get up tall to range and spot your targets and then try and shoot from as low as you can. All right. So are we talking like, I mean, is a 15 power bino going to be more beneficial than a 10 power in this type of situation? And are, are you going to recommend a combination laser rangefinder bino setup or, or a terrapin? I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here to be able to see this? So I have kept all of the targets in reasonably close. I mean, we're not taking any shots past 800 here. Okay. Awesome. And so one of the things that I've found helps me when I'm out ranging these targets is putting my rangefinder on a set of sticks or a set of tripods to get as stable as I can, get a good range, and then back off and lay down to shoot. Now, the caveat to that is that because we're not shooting that far, I don't think you really need 15 power binos. Right. I think a set of tens will do you just fine. You might enjoy being able to use a set of 12 or 15s um, as, as you look out and they're trying to search through this sagebrush. Uh, but for the most part, you should be okay with a set of 10 power binos and a, and a reasonable hunting range finder. Okay. So also um, for those that are listening that have already signed up for the match, because um, the match is sold out. So if you've already signed up for the match and you're thinking to yourself, oh God, I don't have a range finder that's going to do this. I don't have tripods. I don't have, you know, the right gear. Stop stressing. Um, the NRL Hunter Series is super fortunate to have really amazing sponsors. Um, so we have range finders from SIG. We have binos from SIG, uh, from Leupold, from Bushnell, Bushnell range finders, um, really right stuff and vortex tripods. Our sponsors have brought a lot of uh, gear to the table for people to be able to try out and use. So if you guys need something, find me on range day or shoot me an email beforehand and I'll reserve it for you. I think somebody for your match already reserved one set of the BDX SIGs. So awesome. they're, they're out there. And then your sponsor Maven's coming out as well, correct? 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, Maven Optics out of Lander, Wyoming is coming down. They're going to bring a truck full of goodies to sell out of the truck. And so they've got some fantastic glass. Uh, they've got a really nice new rangefinder. Um, that thing handheld will hit 2000 yard on trees really easy. It's actually what I use uh, in the at the Nihaka uh, hunter match when I won that match. Um, really? Okay, Maven that's rangefinder and a, a set of nine power Maven binos on a, a crossbar. That's impressive because at the Nihaka match in Nebraska, everybody, I don't care what manufacturer you are, everybody's was having problem ranging targets because of the snow. And, it, and Colin sitting here, you can't see him. I wish you could see him. He's shaking his head, not me. <laughs> that, that's saying a lot about the Mavens then. Cause I've, I'm um, carte blanche. I, besides your Mavens, I've, I think I've looked through your binos. I've never used any uh, other Maven product in my life. So I don't know much about them. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to get to see and, and uh, play with their stuff. But you're, you're saying that the Mavens are the shit, huh? I, I was super, super impressed. Um, they've, they've done a really good job with that rangefinder, And um, it's got a forest and field switch. And so it's basically, if I was hitting trees at, at 100 or 150 yards, I could flip that switch and go to a field mode and it would, it would cut through those trees and I could get easy returns. One of the other tricks oh. that I've found helps really good, um, and this is from all those competition dynamics matches, is don't try and range the target. If, if you find a target, come down to the T-post or the bottom of the frame where it intersects the ground, range that. If you are plus or minus five yards and you have good data on your rifle, you are not going to miss a target because you got a bad range that's plus or minus five yards of the target. Right. Very good point. Very good point. Okay, now the other thing you, because Colin just put out, if you guys haven't checked your email, um, you're late, figure it out. But Colin put out an email today, earlier today, um, mm -hmm. saying that we're going to be hiking about two miles each day. Yep. So... Because we're all in natural terrain, I don't have a road anywhere near most of these positions. I can drop you off, but then you're gonna have to hike a little bit to get to your shoot positions. And we're gonna run it like a, a field match, like the competition dynamics matches do. And you're literally only gonna see the person in front of you while you're waiting to shoot and the person behind you after you have shot. Nice. So as you're rolling through, you might only see two or three people all day as you transition between stages. That, that's awesome. So you're gonna be hiking between these stages and carrying all your gear because your car is going to be a solid thousand yards down the hill, three quarters of a mile. So you got to pack it in, you got to pack it out. That's exactly it. Just right, like so you we're going hunting. I love it, man. Yeah, I've got a big smile. I'm, both of us have big smiles on our faces <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, was, I shouldn't be smiling. I'm smiling right now, 
but I, I know after day one, I'm going to be cursing you. I'm so sore. <laughs> well, that and you're going to be sucking wind because it's uh, 7,500 feet above sea level at the range. Okay. So, <laughs> so what you're telling me is I need to go out and buy some oxygen, one of those oxygen tanks or whatever. There's some places in town that sell oxygen bottles, but you <laughs> might want it if you're coming from sea level. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I think I'm like 600 feet. So I, I'm sea level. I'm as sea level as you can get, bro. <laughs> and and you're going to take me to 75? Yep. Is that what you said? Wow. All right. So bring bring my inhaler and find some oxygen. Mm -hmm. That's going to be awesome. That That's epic. Um, so in, in a hunting situation like this, um, would you recommend besides traditional gear, would you recommend to people for trekking poles or anything like that if they have them? Or is it all pretty flat, um, pretty flat where we're going to be walking? Uh, I've got everything kind of at the same elevation, but there are some, some ditches and drainages that we're going to have to cross. And so if you're packing your gear and stuff and you feel like trekking poles help you while you're doing those strenuous climbs, absolutely bring them. Uh, okay. I, I don't want anybody to be... Uh, get themselves hurt trying to fall up and down hills. I've got everything marked so that it should be a fairly easy path. Um, I, I've always been a fan of following existing animal trails because right. they've found the easiest way to get around places. It makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, water. Are we, are we going to have water stations or do people have to pack in water? Um, is this a, a water bladder match? Should we be filling those up? What's the, what's the plan there? I'm planning on having case of, cases of water about every other stage. So okay. if, if you guys need water, I want to make sure you guys stay hydrated because you, you really need to make sure you're staying hydrated. Otherwise, you will start to feel the hypoxia and the elevation hit you really hard. One of the things I've learned living at elevation for my entire life is that people who come and visit, the first thing to go when you start to get dehydrated is your eyesight. Okay. Um, and then the, the second thing to start going is some of your mental faculties. And so staying hydrated and staying on top of that with electrolyte tabs or whatever else you need to use will really help keep you focused all day as we're starting to go through these stages. Dude, this is exciting. That's so exciting. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be so much fun. Now, my nemesis every single time I've been to Wyoming, okay, and, and I, your state is just a beautiful state, but it, your weather is so freaking ADD. Like, I went up there for, to film a hunt, and it was supposed to be 70 degrees all weekend or whatever. And it snowed that night. Mm -hmm. And my the guys I was guiding, the guides that I was filming had to give me snow clothes because I had nothing to wear. Like that, I, I was like 70 degrees. So, you know, I'm short and, and uh, you know, a shirt and, you know, my camera bag. I'm not thinking about snow, right? So what what's Wyoming going to do to us this year? So I, I'll let you know. Yesterday, it was it was 45 degrees all day but it was kind of overcast and trying to spit a little bit of snow at 45 degrees. I'm not kidding. Uh, okay. Uh, 
it we've been known to have 50 degree temperature swings in a day yeah easily uh especially in the early spring and late fall periods like we're going to be shooting in and so what i'm going to tell you is that the weather is supposed to be like mid 50s but before we start shooting it's going to be 28 degrees so it could be snowing so it, it could very well be snowing it's supposed to snow today and tomorrow and thursday <laughs> what <not> here <laughs> and then next week it's supposed to be like 50s your so, weather is so add it's insane so how <laughs> how do you pack for this how would you if i mean you're obviously you're gonna be at the match but mm -hmm. as a, if you're a competitor shooting this match how would you pack for this i treat it just like every other excursion i do out here uh layers are key have good like natural base layer i like my silks uh okay. the silks work really well because even as it gets warmer in the day you can still wear those and not overheat uh right so silk long johns and then a pair of decent outdoor pants and then a top pair of either snow pants or puffy pants i got a set of the kifaru uh, lost park pants those are the best thing i ever invested in i swear i was looking at those after you told me about them and i was super stoked and then it was like oh it's a six to eight week wait period for it and i kind of got mm -hmm. deflated a little bit because i was like i'm gonna have them this season and now i'm just gonna buy them for next season but yeah uh, layers are key. So being able to take off a couple layers. So usually I wear a t-shirt, a thermal layer, a vest, and a coat to start out in the morning. And then by the afternoon, I might be down to a t-shirt because we get those big temperature swings and everything. But you're already acclimated to that weather, to the cold. Yeah. So me being from California, from, from the Southwest, I should probably bring a couple of extra layers. Bring your parka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be insane. Um, weather conditions, rain, snow, doesn't matter. We're shooting. Right. Just like we hunting. Don't stop for the weather around here. I, you, you know what? The, the one time we ended a match early, in Wyoming, I had to fight tooth and nails to end that match. And I think the only reason that they finally ended that match was because God said, okay, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to throw a blizzard on you. And that's basically what he did. Yeah, I was, I was at that match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Even the Gunworks match. So it was our title sponsor for this one. And I was, I was really bummed that we didn't get to shoot day two because it was all the field style shooting. Yes. And I had done really well on day one and got a top 10 finish there, but uh, I was really, really excited to get to shoot all these field conditions that uh, Phil and Kalen had set up for day two. And I was ready. I had prepared properly. I had all my snow and rain gear, but it absolutely was miserable. I, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, was a blizzard. We had mud that was sticking like, add two inches to everybody's boots 
Yep. Because it would just stick to the bottom and people were sliding around and, and slipping and falling with rifles. And in the end, it was the right choice to cancel that match, but it was, I was wanting to shoot so bad. Yeah. Like I said, a true outdoorsman. I, I was, I was walking around without any gear trying to make sure people weren't frozen and I must have felt just walking up and down that little hillside like five or six times, you know, and, and I'm not carrying a, a pack or rifle or, you know, any gear. And it was, uh, it, it was, it was definitely a unique day. Uh, it was a lot of fun though. It was great memories. Yep. So, um, okay. So targets within 800 yards. Doesn't matter what God throws at us. If it's safe to shoot, we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Anticipate a two-mile hike. Boots. Um, I, I would imagine a good waterproof boot would probably be recommended in case it rains. Or, or what do you do there? Honestly, I wear tennis shoes all day, every day. What? Yep, I wear a pair of La Sportivas. Okay. No, okay, no worries. Okay. Good to go. Talk, talk about the, the normal sane people. I'm not getting frostbite and losing toes at a match, bro. Um, yeah, absolutely. So if you're if you're worried about your feet getting cold, wear your insulated boots. Because it is. It's going to be in the 20s and starting out in the morning. Um, and then it shouldn't be too muddy because we're not expecting any severe moisture next week and we're a high desert so things dry out pretty quick don't necessarily need to be waterproof but have something that you can hike around in the in the sage brush uh a lot of guys wear gaiters um, just because that brush can scrape your legs up if you're wearing thin pants or something okay um for the most part it's all just Prairie grass and sagebrush and bitter brush scrub. Nice. Nice. All right. It's uh it's gonna be quite the adventure. Yeah, I think everyone will uh will definitely come away talking talking about this for a while. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um now I also saw in your posts about your the sponsors that you went out and uh, recruited, you have a restaurant in town. Mm-hmm. So it's actually What's a brewery the and they reached out to me. Um, the, the owner's father is actually coming out to shoot the match. And he's, he's a big, big fan, big follower of, of doing all this outdoor stuff. And was like, I have to do this match and you have to help sponsor the uh the awards and stuff and so nice we've got a really good relationship with bonds brewing here in town and those guys have offered up the space and to feed us on sunday for the awards and they do they're a a microbrewery and they do everything there in-house they've got a couple of like homemade root beers a couple seltzers um, and then a whole litany of, of beers to drink there at their uh, brewery in town. And so I'm going to encourage everybody to go there Friday night. They're going to bring in some entertainment for us Friday night. 
Uh, awesome. Walking within walking distance, there's a bunch of restaurants, really good steakhouse across the street, a fantastic uh, American fare, burgers, pizzas, wings right next door. Um, there's a couple more really good burger joints downtown. There's Thai food. We got a fantastic uh, downtown area in Laramie. Being a college town, we've got a lot of options. Very cool. So it's definitely no shortage of good food or, or entertainment, not very far from, from the range. Yep. Nice. Um, range day, are we doing side matches? Are we doing, is there anything like that going on? Yeah, so on Friday, we've got a lot of really cool uh, Wyoming companies coming over to, to do some demos. Uh, Wyoming being a really cool, really big 2A friendly state. We've got Gunworks up in Cody that's sponsoring the match. Uh, I've got Thunder Beast Arms over in Cheyenne. They're coming over to do demos with some suppressors, as well as Stag Arms that just moved in to Cheyenne. Uh, they've got a really cool AR-10 6.5 Creed and a 308. I'm going to be bringing a couple of those over. And then, as I understand, Six Hours is going to be doing a demo slash side match with their cross rifle. Yes. Yep. So that's that's going to be awesome. And you got a lot of entertainment going on, even at just uh, our registration sign-in day. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that folks had an opportunity to get into town, uh, come out to the range, see a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, I'm I'm big on supporting my Wyoming community, and and all these folks are part of that. Uh, with Maven being there out of lander they're coming down with all their stuff which we mentioned and we're going to have a lot of stuff going on friday that you guys can stick around the range and really have a good time checking in and seeing all the other stuff that we've got around the state nice that's awesome i'm um yeah i'm really excited about this match i, I think it's going to be or i mean it is obviously it's one of the most anticipated matches of the season so far being that you're sold out already um a lot of buzz all over the place from it so it's it's awesome man it's awesome um now i know people want to hear about you know talk about the match we've talked about that i don't know that we could say a whole bunch more without giving too many secrets away um but i want to talk about you now as an entrepreneur <laughs> oh yeah so tell us Tell us about this business of yours, um, how it took off, what you're doing, how we could support. I mean, give us the rundown. Yeah. So two years ago, I started a business called Fehu Outdoors. And in my spare time of raising a toddler after she goes to bed, I go down in my basement and I sew outdoor gear that's kind of oriented around precision rifle and some of the things that I felt like as precision rifle competitors, we really needed some specific items that were not currently available on the market. Um, there's a lot of other companies making really good positional bags and ammo carriers and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I started Fehu Outdoors on the premise that 
I dislike having to put rounds in all the little loops. And then how do I carry all that brass now that I've taken it out of the loops and shot it? What am I doing with my brass? So I made a little ammo bag that's got two pockets in it, one for your clean ammo, one for your brass, carry it all at once, uh, shake the dirt out of your brass, toss it back in your bag, go to the next stage. And it, it snowballed from there. And now I offer about 16 different products. Um, I ship out maybe 20 to 30 items a week. Wow. 20 to 30 okay. orders a week. Um, I've also delved into a backpack that is kind of specifically designed around one and two day precision rifle matches. Mm -hmm. um, I call it the Tilpasa backpack, which is Norwegian for adapt. Uh, and the, the big design point behind this backpack is that it's got internal organizer pockets that are all Velcro backed so that you can stick them and organize them whatever configuration you want inside the bag and then zip everything up, carry it from, to the next stage, lay it down, flay the whole thing open and have access to whatever specific small part you want, your ammo, have a big clean working surface area if you have to take apart a rifle. Um, and, and those have been really popular. I've got a few of those floating around and I've got back orders for several more. Um, they're really cool. I, I charge what it costs me to make them because it is a full day of work just in sewing those things together. I, I believe it. I've, uh, I saw yours. I saw Scott Satterley with one. I still have to pick mine up from you. I have to, to, to pay you still for that because I definitely want one. Um, if I have to wait on the back order list now, that's my fault because I didn't jump on it. I apologize. Um, but everything that you're making is um, really top notch. It's really great quality. Um, I have your tripod uh, kit, your whole package. Yep. So <clears throat> what's that? The the tripod covers for the legs. I've got the Kestrel holder. I've got the admin pouch. I've got the clear, um, the clear, not binder, but the clear sleeve that yep. Velcro's on. Um, and I love that sling. whole setup. Yep. And the sling. Yep. I've got that. Um, I've got your little, I use them for ammo for, for my nine millimeter, your pouches that have that me uh, mesh in the front. Yep. I, yeah, I just keep all my ammo in there and I keep that in my truck. Um, I've got a bunch of, of your stuff and it is really good quality. Um, anybody that's looking to buy truly American made, um, high quality, good stuff. Um, I don't think that the prices are outrageous by any means. I think that they're very fairly priced. And if you're not making money on that bag, you need to raise your price on that. That's just my two cents, but that's only my two cents. Um, and yeah, you're, you have amazing stuff and you guys should check it out. Where do, how do people find out more about your, your products or what do you have a website for it set up already? Cause I just, I call you and I say, Hey, call What was that? That's cool. I want one, <laughs> but yeah, how, do, exactly. how does the average uh, Joe do that? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely do have a website. Um, and, and I appreciate you 
saying that you really like all my stuff. I, I try and get everything American made. So pretty much very compliant um, on everything because America's awesome. Heck least, yeah. I hope it still is. <laughs> well, at least Wyoming still is. <laughs> Wyoming's still pretty cool. Uh, I make everything by hand in my basement. There's no one else. So it's just me. Uh, I do have a website. It's fehuoutdoors.com. It's just spelled F-E-H-U outdoors.com. So easy to get to. Um, I've got some, some good friends that have given me really cool pictures to filter in there. Uh, two vets sporting goods with their tripods have started carrying yeah. some of my stuff. Uh, Brian Whalen with Colorado Precision Rifle. Uh, he yep, sells yep. some of my ammo bags and stuff down at his his classes. Um, it's it's not a full time gig yet, but it it might end up being that way if if things keep going the way they are. Well, man, from one entrepreneur to another, man, I, I truly wish you the best of luck on that side because, <coughs> excuse me, you make an awesome product. Like no joke. I've had people come to the back of my truck and they grab, you know, they grab stuff out of my truck or whatever, if they need to fix a rifle, whatever. And that's what it's there for. And then they'll come up to what's this? I want one. And they just end up taking it from me. I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> I don't, I only have one more of those. So I'm going to have to call, call up, call it and order more. Um, yeah. Your, your stuff is, is awesome. You make a great product. Um, and when we talk about our community supporting each other, this is what I'm talking about. You could go out and you could buy some some pretty decent Chinese stuff, but that's not supporting our community. That's supporting some somebody somewhere that you don't know. You'll never see them. They're not going to give two shits about how your day was. Um, when you see Colin, he's always got a smile on his face. Uh, I think I'm making him blush right now. He's turning a little bit red in the cheeks. He's got <laughs> good thing. This is audio only. Um, He's always got a smile on his face and he will do anything, just about anything to help you out. And I've witnessed that firsthand. He's helped me out. He's helped my friends out. He's helped out strangers. Um, so when you look at buying from somebody within our community, definitely think of Fehu, think about Colin, because um, if his, if his, if your product sucked, I'd tell you, it sucked and tell you how to, how I think you should make it better, but I don't have any recommendations because everything you're doing is, is pretty badass right now. So kudos to you, man. No, I appreciate that. Thanks, Travis. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. We're getting to the end of our show here. Uh, what do you want to tell people who, I mean, your match is sold out. So next year, hopefully you, you hopefully at the end of this match, you're not, you know, going nuts and, and kicking me and saying, why'd you make me do this? Um, and you'll want to do it again next year. But what, um, what do you want to say to anybody who's thinking about getting involved in the precision rifle or NRO hunter or, you know, <coughs> the new guys out there, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to ask the other people that are out there. Um, I I've always been a proponent, like you mentioned, I, I love seeing people try this out. This is my passion and I love sharing it with people. And so when people ask me about it, I will talk your ear off. Otherwise, I'm usually actually pretty shy. But if you want to talk about precision rifle stuff, I will talk to you all day about precision rifle stuff. Um, 
I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's made me a better hunter. I've, I've learned a lot coming from growing up eight years old, going out with my grandpa and hunting to, to really understanding things on the, the back end and how those ballistics work. And it's, it's really improved my capabilities as a hunter as far as the shooting goes, but it also gives me an outlet to go out and be active and get outside. And that can't be, that can't be stressed enough to just get outside and go have fun and be a part of this community. I think it's been really good to get out and meet people and make new friends. I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. It's funny that you said that, that you're shy until you talk about precision rifle. I, I kid you guys not. I've known Colin for many, many years. And I think this is the most uncomfortable I've seen him sit down and talk to me since like the first time I met you, bro. You're like, <laughs> he, he's laughing right now and smiling uh, on camera, but he, <laughs> I could tell it was a little bit uncomfortable for you at the beginning. <laughs> Not like our normal conversation, but it's so it's so cool. You have to get used to this, man. Look at this. At your match, you have to do the award ceremony. I'll talk for like five minutes. The rest is all you, bro. No, I, I'll I'll make it through. It's just not my comfort zone, uh, <laughs> but I, I do know how to manage it. So, yes, you, you do, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day today. Um, I do need to order a bag for sure and, and a couple of other things that literally have been quote unquote stolen from friends taking from my truck still stolen you bastards um so i'll have to call you back in a little bit to get another order going so i can have it uh, hopefully ready when i come up to see you but um i appreciate everything and i look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks or a week i don't even know what day it is today but it, it's soon and i'm excited to see you so I uh, appreciate everything, brother. No, thanks, Travis. I, I look forward to having you guys up, and I'm glad to have you come to my hometown of Laramie and enjoy what we got. So It's going to be a ton of fun. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, until next time, keep shooting and uh, be safe, and hopefully we'll see you all in a match. Take care.